On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight against the rival St. Louis Blues, although the Hawks only have two wins in their last 10 games against St. Louis. I'll get into a full preview of tonight's matchup and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Thursday, December 29th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So go and follow the show right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you definitely got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because every episode moving forward, folks, it's going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It only takes two seconds to do so. It's also 100% for free, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to go and do that. Also, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring the bell. Turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To kick things off this morning, let's get right into a quick preview of the Chicago Blackhawks matchup with the St. Louis Blues tonight. It's the second time these teams are meeting this season. Uh, The first one, uh, the first time, excuse me, that it will be held in St. Louis at the Enterprise Center. And by the way, this is going to be a 7 p.m. Central Time puck drop, not 7.30 as we're used to seeing uh, when the games are here in Chicago. And it will be televised on NBC Sports Chicago for all those curious. The first meeting between these teams, by the way, came back on November 16th, which ended up being a 5-2 win for the St. Louis Blues. And on the show the last couple of days, you've if you've been tuning in, you've heard me talk about the Blackhawks' struggles uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes in the past couple of seasons. Well, that same case can be said about their so-called rival St. Louis Blues, because I call it a so-called rivalry because it really hasn't been much of one since the start of 2018. And back in the early 2010s, fortunately, when the Blackhawks were at their heyday, uh, this rivalry was really intense. They had some really fun playoff matchups. And, you know, the the passion between these two fan bases, especially as someone who went to school in Missouri uh, as a Blackhawks fan, I really felt the Blues fans' presence, that's for sure. Uh, but they show great support for their team. No lie about it. I hate the St. Louis Blues, but I'm not going to lie. They have a good fan base around them. And it was really fun in those 2010s. And even the first round playoff matchup in 
2016, which unfortunately didn't go the Blackhawks' way as they ended up losing that one in Game 7. Uh, but it was just an incredible high-paced, high-intensity battle. I was actually at Game 6 at the UC, which was the loudest I had ever heard that building in my entire life. Uh, and it would be fun to get that rivalry back, but the Blackhawks just have not simply been on the Blues level these last couple of years. And uh, going back to the start of 2019, the reason I bring this up, folks, is uh, the Blackhawks, since the start of 2019, are 2-8-0 in 10 matchups with the St. Louis Blues. And both of the Hawks' two wins, neither of them, I should say, have come in regulation. They won one in overtime, the other via the shootout. And during those 10 matchups, the Blues have outscored them 36-18. to They've doubled them up in the goal-scoring department. So, yeah, it hasn't been much of a rivalry in the last few years, which is sad to say, but just the God-honest truth. The Blues have had their number. And Jordan Bennington, too, for whatever reason, he's, uh, last year alone, he had a couple of shutouts against the Blackhawks. I should have looked this up. I think he has three or four on his career now, but Seems like Bennington's always playing really well whenever he goes up against the Blackhawks. Uh, it's going to be another tough one tonight is basically what, I, what I'm getting to, Blackhawks fans. If the Hawks uh, want to get back in the W column, if they want to uh, pick up an, another win for the second time in three games, which hasn't happened very often at all the last three months, I guess I should say. Looks like they're going to have to slay some demons once again here tonight. They weren't able to do so on Tuesday against Carolina. We'll see if they'll be able to do that tonight against the Blues, um, but it, it's been a struggle for them, especially the, these last four, three, four, five games. They haven't been able to find the back of the net at all against their so-called division rival. But getting into some of the numbers for St. Louis this season, uh, by the way, some of you may remember back to that first meeting between these two teams. I had a crossover with Josh Hyman from Lockdown Blues, and that was kind of when St. Louis was in the midst of being an absolute dumpster fire early on, I think through their first 10 games or something, they were right there at the bottom of the standings with the worst teams in the entire NHL. Since then, they've kind of, you know, figured, figured it back out and uh, have found a way to at least make their season a little bit more interesting. But it's, it's still been uh, a roller coaster ride for Craig Berube's squad, particularly here in this month of December. The Blues currently sit at 16-16-3 through 35 games this year. They're currently on the outside looking in of a playoff spot. Still very early, though, and they're only back five points. So well within reach still of the playoffs. Got almost 50 games to go for a lot of these teams. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's been an up-and-down month of December for the St. Louis Blues. Starting off the month, they lost five of their first six games. Then they went on to rattle off four consecutive wins. And now coming into this game tonight, they've lost three in a row. Two of them have come in overtime. And taking a look at some of the team stats, it's kind of shocking. I know the Blues, you know, haven't been as good as, you know, at least I expected going back to my division pre or prediction show uh, right before opening night. I thought the Blues were going to be second in this division and we're going to be the team that would challenge Colorado the most, being that they were the ones that challenged them the most on the way to their Stanley Cup victory last year. Uh, the Blues were, you know, two seconds away from game six going to overtime. Who knows how that goes? But, you know, obviously didn't end up happening. But, yeah, it's been a disappointing start for them. And looking at some of these numbers, it was really interesting. St. Louis 
is currently 29th in the NHL on the penalty kill and 28th in goals allowed per game. Uh, they're they're also 21st in goals scored per game, and that's an offense on paper that looks like they have three lines that can really go at you. So see them 21st in the league in goals per game was definitely a little surprising. And then the man advantage for them is kind of the one bright spot. They're sitting 12th in the NHL, just above the Blackhawks at 23.5%. And that Blues man advantage, I talked about that prior to the first meeting, had really just torched the Blackhawks over the years. The puck movement that they have, uh, it's incredible. And they have most of the same guys on that top power play unit, other than David Perron, who, you know, was a big piece to be fair. But I think that's definitely a key for the Blackhawks tonight. I'll get into a couple more of those later on in the episode. But, yeah, I think it's big for the PK uh, to have a good effort tonight. They just finally snapped their skid of allowing a power play goal in eight consecutive games. Didn't give up a power play goal in their loss to Carolina on Tuesday. Hopefully they can make it two in a row tonight against St. Louis. Uh, But, yeah, some ugly stats here for the Blues. Jordan Bennington's numbers even, he's got a – you know, save percentage below 900 right now. We've seen him blow a gasket or two throughout the way. Uh, I'm not sure if he's officially getting the start or not. I know he was in net for the Blues their first game back from the Christmas break, but I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But at the same time, while I mentioned that the Blackhawks have not found any success against the Blues in recent years, it feels like an opportunity where you know, uh, obviously they didn't play a good game on Tuesday against Carolina, but all things considered for the Blues, the struggles they've gone through early on the season, uh, they're in the midst of a losing skid. Jordan Bennington, if he does start, hasn't been very good, although historically he has been against the Blackhawks. I don't know. feels like uh, if the Blackhawks kind of want to snap this dry spell against the Blues, this would be a pretty good time to do it considering some of the glaring issues they have all over the ice right now. All right, there is my quick preview of tonight's matchup with the St. Louis Blues. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the Blackhawks side of things. I'll talk about their projected forward lines and defensive pairings for the contest. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one source for both pro and college sports betting needs this season. You can find all of the latest developments, game matchups, news, and even podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. And BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. And I personally love it because, well, first off, it's both the fastest and the easiest way to place a wager down, and they have everything from the NHL, NBA, college basketball, college football bowl season, They have UFC, all different MMA leagues. Uh, They have boxing, and they even have golf. They really do have everything. So head on over to the website today, or you can also go and use your mobile device right now to learn about all of the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment two now today, folks. Let's get into what we could see out of the Blackhawks lineup tonight, or I guess I should say what we will see out of the Blackhawks lineup tonight when they take on the St. Louis Blues, as it's already kind of been spoiled in an article that came out from Mark Lazarus of The Athletic this morning, which I thought was really interesting because uh, Luke Richardson is going to be running back the same lineup 
that we saw on Tuesday against Carolina. And for the most part, I don't have an issue with this. The forward group, I think that's fine. The one issue I have with this, and this was Mark Lazarus's issue as well, and he brought up a great point, a point that I've been hollering here on the show for the past week or two now, is that Ian Mitchell is not going to be in the lineup once again. What are we doing? What are we doing? No changes to the defense. Jack Johnson is going to play once again for the 35th time this season. He's played in every game, folks. Blackhawks are the worst team in the NHL. Jack Johnson is 36 years old, 35, 36. Not going to be a member of the Blackhawks after the end of this regular season. Might not even be playing in the NHL next year. And he's playing every night for this Blackhawks team that's in the midst of a rebuild. This is my one gripe I have with Coach Luke Richardson so far this season. The handling of young defensemen, it it just hasn't been there. Ian Mitchell, even Caleb Jones. And look, I get Caleb Jones. He played terrible on Tuesday against Carolina. Took a couple penalties. Got beat on a couple of plays where Mrazek had to bail him out. He's not a good defender. We've learned that. Caleb Jones, I don't know if he's ever going to be at this point in his career. He's, I think, 23, 24. Not exactly sure which one, but it's kind of make or break time for him. And defensively, he just has been inadequate. It's been very clear. Whereas Ian Mitchell, ever since the start of December, really, he's been good. And I, I don't get why Luke Richardson's taking him out of his rhythm. He mentioned that he wants bigger body, bigger body defensemen. We have that still. I know Jared Tenorti's out of the lineup, but Isaac Phillips is a big boy. Jake McCabe's a big boy. Seth Jones is a big boy. Connor Murphy's a big boy. All those guys, Jack Johnson's a big boy too. We can afford to have one little defenseman out there. I know Ian Mitchell, his game isn't suited to play that rugged style, and perhaps that's the issue with him. Maybe that's why it seems like the Blackhawks kind of already have their mind made up on him that he might just not fit into their plans. I don't know that for sure, but their actions, how they're handling him, I don't understand it if uh, if that isn't the case. So I'm just confused here. Look, maybe they, they are so convinced that Ian Mitchell is never going to be an NHL. Or they, they know better than I would. Let me just say that. They know better than I would if Ian Mitchell, they believe, will never have the tools to be an NHLer. But I still feel like you're going to give him an opportunity here with this team, give him an opportunity to prove himself. And when he has, he's looked good as of late. And Mitchell even voiced his frustrations to, excuse me, the coffee's getting to me. To Mark Lazarus in this interview, we kind of laughed about asking, you know, if it's frustrating if he's been out of lineup. He was like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's been frustrating. I, I don't understand it. And Richardson, I guess, hasn't really given him much of an explanation, which I don't particularly love to hear. I don't know. I, I just don't understand the Blackhawks mentality right now. Ian Mitchell should be playing more, more nights than not, especially with Jack Johnson having played in all 35 games now that are what is this? Blackhawks are 8, 21, and 4. Let's do some quick math, folks. 21 plus 12. Yeah, this would be their 34th game this season. I apologize. This will be the 34th time this year that Jack Johnson is suiting up. He's played in every game. I don't get it. I don't get it, me personally, but guess that's the lineup the Blackhawks are going to go with tonight. That means uh, I wouldn't guess there's going to be any changes to any of the forward lines. I think we'll see Tyler Johnson, Max Domi, and Patrick Kane once again leading it off. Philip Kershev, Jonathan Taves, and Taylor Radish as the second line. While the rest of the team really didn't show up on Tuesday, the third line of Andreas Athanasiu, Jason Dickinson, and Sam Lafferty looked tremendous. 
Hope to see them pick up where they left off in Carolina tonight. And then the fourth line uh, will be Boris Kachuk, uh, Reese Johnson, and Mackenzie Entwistle as Jujar Kara and Colin Blackwell appear to be healthy scratches once again. Defensively, I already mentioned no Ian Mitchell. That probably means we're going to see, well, Jake McCabe and Seth Jones will be paired up together regardless. They've actually been really good since being paired together. It's about damn time Seth Jones got an adequate D partner. Isaac Phillips and Connor Murphy, as uh, they've been paired together every game that Phillips has been called up thus far. I expect that to remain the same. And old Jack Johnson will be playing on the third defensive pairing with Caleb Jones. And look, this isn't even a knock on Johnson's game. It hasn't been good, but this isn't even about how well he's played or anything. It's just simply about the long-term fit. Ian Mitchell has a chance to be a long-term fit, at least I think. Maybe the Blackhawks don't think so anymore. But we know Jack Johnson for sure isn't. So that's my gripe about the lineup decisions as of late from Luke Richardson. Uh, in net for the Blackhawks, this is kind of the one confirmation we don't have. Not sure at the moment if Alex Stalock will be making his second start if uh, since returning from injury. Excuse me. Um, if I had to guess, I imagine that's the way that the Blackhawks will be going with this. But I, I did reference on the show yesterday, given that Peter Mrazek you know, played incredibly well on Tuesday in Carolina. He made a career-high 46 saves despite the Blackhawks losing 3 to nothing. Uh, considering how well he played, I do wonder if Richardson goes back to him tonight against St. Louis. Uh, it was a shame that the Blackhawks wasted that performance from their goaltender on the sixth shutout of their season. Um, yeah, that's a couple of times already that the Blackhawks have wasted efforts like that from their goaltender this year. And Mrazek, he's had a couple couple of those in, in recent memory. He had a really good game against the Rangers prior to getting injured, had a really strong night against the Minnesota Wild not too long ago. So great to see him starting to find some form here uh, between the pipes. We've seen, I think, the best out of Mrazek his last three or four outings um, in comparison to the rest of the season. But there is a case for Alex Daylock, too, because he looked pretty good in his first game back on Friday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets, stopping 27 of 29 shots to earn the victory. And if you look at Staylock's numbers this year, I know a lot of that work came during the early portion of the Blackhawks season where, you know, they were actually winning games. Uh, but Staylock's now 4-2-1 on the year with a 2-7-8 goals against average and a 9-17 save percentage. Uh, again, I know a lot of that came from earlier on, but no doubt about it, Staylock's been good, and he's also a lot of fun to watch, which is uh, something noteworthy with this Blackhawks team. There's not a lot of entertainment going on when you turn the Blackhawks on your television, but Alex Staylock provides that each and every night. Is it a bit nerve-wracking? Will it give you a heart attack when he races out of the crease to play the puck? Absolutely, but more times than not, I'll knock on wood when I say this, uh, he handles the puck pretty well and gets it out of harm's way. It's like almost like he knows what he's doing out there. So uh, we'll see whether the Blackhawks go with uh, Stalock or Mrazek, but I love having two healthy goaltenders, and both guys are, are playing well right now, so I'll feel good about it either way, I think. As for some quick keys to victory, I'm going to rattle off three here real quick. Not going to get into them too much. My first key is to get after Jordan Bennington. I mentioned earlier he's not been particularly good this season. He's been letting his emotions get the best of him. He's acting like an absolute buffoon out there. Get after him early. Be aggressive with the puck on your stick. Chase after Jordan Bennington. He's had the Blackhawks number recently. As I mentioned, two shutouts last year alone. Uh, get after him early. 
He's been able, uh, teams have been able to kind of unravel him and solve those mysteries and put, you know, a lot by him in a hurry so far this year. So be aggressive right out of the, uh, right out of the gate for the Blackhawks and chase after Jordan Bennington. Second, I think the Hawks have to at least match the Blues power play. I referenced already how the Blues man advantage has torched the Blackhawks in recent years. The Blues score one power play goal. You know, it might just happen with how bad the Blackhawks PK has been. I think it's really crucial for the Blackhawks to, at the very least, match the Blues in the special teams department. And three, don't be sloppy in front of your own goaltender. I thought the Blackhawks structure on Tuesday against Carolina was not very good. And sometimes they got caught standing around in front of their own net. An unfortunate bounce off of Connor Murphy. But uh, the Blackhawks, I think, could be a little bit more proactive right in front of their own netminder, be a little bit more physical, clear pucks out of harm's way, and win those battles. Don't give anything easy up to the Blues, especially when this offense has struggled so much to find the back of the net. All right, coming up in just a moment, folks, I will provide a quick chat on Team Canada's massive win over Germany yesterday at the 2023 World Junior Championship. But first, I need to talk to you all about something serious. Let's talk about the NHTSA Drive Sober campaign. And let me paint a quick scene for you. You're hanging out with some friends and putting a few drinks back. A few become a few too many, and the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think you're calling for a ride, but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel when they're under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, then think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride because it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Before I wrap up the show today, folks, for just a quick second here, it's only going to take a couple of minutes, but uh, I definitely wanted to talk about what went down last night at the 2023 World Junior Championship, aka the Connor Bedard show. Holy moly, it was incredible. Connor Bedard has a seven-point game in Canada's route of Team Germany, three goals, four assists. And as I said on the show yesterday, after uh, Canada was upset in the opening game by Chechia, uh, they were going to look to respond in a massive way to get back on track a little bit. Uh, and boy, did they ever. Connor Bedard, seven points to lead the way. Uh, he gets a hat trick. Dylan Gunther goes on and gets a hat trick too. And man, if there were any doubts, which I don't think there ever sure have been, should have been, I get Adam Fantilli has been awesome for Michigan, and there's some other guys pushing up the ladder. Carlson's one who's in this tournament. Um, but yeah, Connor Bedard is, is just special, and we've known this for years, but to see it on full display for Team Canada in a World Juniors game last night, it was spectacular. The first period alone could have just been a full game's worth of highlights. Uh, Bedard sets up Dylan Gunther beautifully for the opening power play goal. Uh, then he kind of, um, what was his first goal? I can't even remember. He did so much. I, I literally can't even remember. He had the breakaway goal. Uh, he had the luck. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had the breakaway goal, which was nice. His quick release is incredible. 
the speed and quick release is Nathan McKinnon-esque, truly. Uh, and then the the lucky bounce in front. The power play goal, though, for the hat trick. Just a beautiful little flick with the wrist, glove side, perfect shot. Oh, my gosh. I'm freaking out about the opportunity to have, have Connor Bedard. This kid is incredible. And for him to only be 17 years old doing this, you know, technically a, a year down than a lot of the competition out there, he's, he's ready. I mean, what else do we need to see out of this kid? And I'm sure we're going to see plenty of more moments like this throughout the tournament. Uh, his seven points, by the way, ties uh, a Team Canada record. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see a, a lot more Connor Bedard moments like that, not only in this tournament, but for, uh, throughout the years, because there's no denying this kid is a special talent. I mean, he makes everything look so effortless. The quick release, and on that breakaway goal, too, like the way he was able to receive that puck, take it in, and just do like a quick pure what to spin himself back into position for the breakaway. It was just like, oh my goodness, this kid's an absolute prodigy. Uh, I'm just giddy and I'm out of words to describe how talented he is. It was a spectacle to be seen last night watching Connor Bedard uh, trud his way over Team Germany in an 11-2 route for Team Canada. But as for how the Blackhawks prospects fared, uh, not a whole lot of action, sadly. Colton Dock picked up a secondary assist on a goal from uh, Brant Clark, provided a nice screen in front as well. Uh, and then Kevin Korchinski added two assists, both of them, though, coming when the game was already kind of in hand uh, late in the third period. But a massive win for the Blackhawks prospects in Team Canada. Hopefully, I've never really cheered for Canada in my entire life, so it, it feels weird to say this, but uh, hopefully they can kind of, you know, start to get it spinning and start to find their gear a little bit as the tournament is starting to ramp up here. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Thursday, December 29th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into today's episode and make sure if you're not already to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks 100% for free wherever you get your podcasts and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Just wanted to say again, I appreciate everyone out there for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen each and every day. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with experts that only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, just wanted to say thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.